Have you heard about Propane Taxi? Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service, and it's ridiculously easy to order a propane grill tank delivered right to your door. Now's the perfect time of year to get outside and grill with family and close friends or heat up the patio. Make sure you've got propane for any occasion. Go to propanetaxi.com, use promo code TANK10, and your first tank exchange is just $10. Promo code TANK10 for a $10 tank exchange. No delivery fees, no commitment, and no contact. Propanetaxi.com. Propane grill tank home delivery. Promo code TANK10. This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brunett. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. You know, we are collectively known as the Caring Place. We're reaching out to the homeless of South Florida. We're feeding the hungry, we're caring for the poor, and we're changing lives every day. I'm Marilyn Brummett, and uh, my husband and I do host this program uh, on a regular basis. You hear his voice most of the time uh, to open up. Today, I'm once again with Leanne Navarro. You know, my husband is such a presence at the mission he he's everywhere, Leanne. He he's got to be in in uh, Broward. He has to be in Miami. Yes. <laughs> um, he's scurrying around, and sometimes we're just able to bless him yes. by uh, being by filling here, in. <laughs> being here, and opening the show. But I don't want to th- uh, anybody to think that he's not here because he's very much present. He loves helping the homeless and the hurting, and I. He doesn't tell the story maybe as often as maybe people would like to hear it, but uh, he once was homeless, Leanne. You know the story. The biggest inspiration for all of our residents. I mean, when they see him and everything that he has accomplished, I think they 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 have someone to look up to. I mean, even for me and for the rest of the staff, for the residents especially. I mean, they see someone who, like them, one day asked for help and got it, and went through the everything that he went through. And today, I mean, I always like to say he went all the way from being a resident to being the president of the Miami Rescue Mission. And of course, that wasn't overnight, and that's what we yes. tell our residents. You know, there is um, some work involved. You know, you have to put some effort into it as well. You have to come in with that stick-to-itiveness and saying, you know, I'm sick and tired of whatever I'm going through or whatever has happened to me. You know, you can blame life. You can blame a lot of things. And sometimes you just have to sit and say, you know, God, I just surrender my life to you and whatever you have for me, uh, whatever it is. Yes. I'm I'm willing to go down that path, and that's the that's the message that we do give to our residents, our hurting men, women, and children. That God does love them; He does have a plan for their life. But what it takes from them is surrender. Yes, white flag. 
I always say that that first 30 days has got to be the most challenging time for anyone coming from the outside and into our program uh, because there are many challenges of now having to have the structure and the discipline and the desire to really change. So, yeah, they do need to kind of like I have to stick to this kind of mentality. Yeah, and we have education here. We have yes. the education center, uh, the case managers, and they, they have so many classes and job skill training. All that is going on. But, you know, sometimes, Leanne, people are just coming for the food, the shelter, yes. uh, the clothing, the shower. They're not in the program. And that's where we need people to help for uh, pack the pantry, not only feeding our residents, but feeding those who come to us just for the meal. Yes, and we do tell them about the program, but every single individual is very different. And so they will be ready when they are ready to come in. So in the meantime, we don't want to forget that they exist. We don't want to forget that they're there sleeping on the sidewalk. So we give them the same amount of love. We, we tell them about the program. We bring local churches to do what we call homeless ministry time so that they can tell them time and time again, did you know that you can come in and change your life for the better forever now right um so anyway we give them the same love showers meals hygiene items anything and everything that we can give them until they make that decision so we need help right now with mm -hmm. pack the pantry you can go yes. to the website caringplace.org slash pantry and what are they we're going to ask you for some information but then leanne what are we going to give to people who fill that in absolutely we have the most beautiful paper bags with all of the information about the campaign with all the contact info why are we doing it every non perishable item comes in handy for what we're doing here and that uh, we can send them to your place of work your place of the school the church I, I think it's a fun project to do with a group of people like who brings the most cans I mean I've seen in uh, companies doing little competitions among the employees we need powdered milk we <laughs> yes. need uh, pasta rice yes yeah anything that's non-perishable absolutely and of course you know closer to the day off uh, you can also donate hams and turkeys and we greatly appreciate those as well that's right and we're we are going to be feeding on thanksgiving day now just collectively it's nice to kind of know when you when we ask for these things or this help uh we also know our numbers yes. this isn't the first year we've done this so we know that in the fall season we'll be serving two hundred and fifty thousand meals that's yes. all of our campuses put together and then on thanksgiving day we'll be out on the streets in broward in miami and we'll be serving at least 3,000 meals. And that's, that's a lot. And that is a lot. That is a combination of our residents and also our guests that are homeless and also the the guests from the community that are hungry. They don't have to be homeless we to come to our events. We bust them in exactly. from the beach. They yes. get on a bus and they come over. <laughs> we actually do uh, offer transportation. We have at least two stops. Yes. Uh, one in Miami Beach and one in downtown Miami and we actually invite them yes. to come and we don't expect them it's to our walk. our own vans and buses. Our very own transportation and and they love it and they know that they have to you know at some point they go back to where they came we put from. out flyers so yes. they know the stops of where we're going to be we've done this for so many years yes. you know leanne i've been here 17 years i yes. think you've been here seven, seven. years <laughs> and of course the mission has been here 97 years yes. but i know that the thanksgiving has been done for over 45 years yes. even our predecessor president dr Frank Jake Jacobs and his wife Maxine yeah. they started serving the meals on the street and you know much what I learned to do 
in this department, the development department, I learned from Maxine Jacobs that yes. she taught me how to set up the tables and, <laughs> you know, and we have to have them with tablecloths and there has to be decorations and it has to be all decked out. It can't look, you know, slipshod. When yes. our homeless come in, it must look beautiful. We have a stage, we have music, we have entertainment, and we also have those tables that are intake tables that say, listen, if you want off the street and you don't want to go back to the situation that you came from mm -hmm. today, then come to our intake table and we're going to try to bring you in. If not our program, if it's another program, then we'll direct you there. But we want you to know you can get off the street. It's a one-stop shop. I mean, yeah. they can get so much from that day just by coming to the event. And and if they do make the decision, and I've seen 80 people come in in one day just from one of the events. So, and, and it's the biggest joy that we can have and talking about the decorations the centerpieces the wonderful volunteers with their big smiles just ready it's like a five-star uh yeah. dinner so we call it a servathon yes. and we we don't actually say volunteers on that day we say participants because this is one on those rare occasions we actually ask that our participants give at least 25 dollars they can give more um to help with the food yes. okay because we want them to be a part of their time talent and treasure on that day so we call it the thanksgiving day serve a thon yes. and then we even go as far as to say go and ask your friends and neighbors yes uh to give on your behalf and uh, be a sponsor and ambassador and mm -hmm. get the sponsors to also give and you really do bring in a few shekels uh, so it helps with the food costs. Absolutely, because we're serving so many on just that one day. Well, you know, we, you got a great interview coming up. We're going to be interviewing a community leader, and uh, then I'm going to uh, be interviewing David. And uh, you don't want to miss that testimony of life change. So we'll be back in just a moment with more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center. Excited to have in the studio today uh, two of our wonderful supporters. We have Luna Otero, the Director of Talent Management, and Eric Lewis, the Director of Admissions of the Seed School of Miami. Welcome, Luna. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Our My pleasure. God, what a pleasure to have you guys. I mean, I met the wonderful group of volunteers that you sent to our kitchen to serve lunch. Uh, it's crazy because I remember that they were all wearing the beautiful burgundy t-shirts. They were all matching. What a beautiful picture uh, for all the volunteers and hard workers. They served the lunch. They cleaned the floors. They made sure that they, they served those meals with big, big smiles. I want to know more. Tell me about the Seed School of Miami. Um, well, the Seed School of Miami, actually Seed, is a network of college preparatory public boarding schools. We have one in Washington that opened with our Seed Foundation back in 1998, followed by our school in Maryland in 2008, and we finally opened here in Miami um, in 2014. So our goal is really to prepare students for college and beyond. Here in Miami, they start with us either in sixth or ninth grade, and they're with us through 12th grade. And then when they graduate from 12th grade, we also have a college transition and success team based out of our foundation in Washington that supports our students through college graduation. So this is like middle through high school. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Where is the school located? So we're located in the 
heart of right in between Liberty City and Old Palaco. We're on 1901 Northwest 127th Street. So we're centrally located to pretty much all of our communities that we service. I love it. So the children, the the, the students, I should say, um, they're going through their middle school or high school or both. And then at the end of the high school year, 12th grade, you prepare them for college, you, you know, plug them in. That is wonderful. How do you do that? And how, what do they tell you about it? What's the experience for the students? Well, um, college preparation starts in sixth grade, right? We're getting them coming out of elementary school. We do have groups come in in ninth grade, but it is occurring every single year. Um, we play a large role in finding the right fit when it comes to their university and college choice. What we really like to do is when they graduate from high school, a lot of times students are sent off to college, but once they're on the college campus, they don't have right the tools necessary to get through college graduation because they are not um they really don't understand the resources that they have on campus so we want to have a team ready readily available for our students on the college campus checking in with them making sure that they graduate from college the kids love it um it's a transition for them i think eric can also speak to this in terms of when they join us our sixth graders are what 10 years old <laughs> uh, i think our youngest one has been 10 but normally 10. between 10 and 11. so it's a big transition for them but the team that we have in place from mental health counselors to student life counselors professors administration we are very well trained in this um, model and so we provide the supports necessary for them to make a smooth transition so it's kind of working with the family and the students to make sure that they feel extremely comfortable and it's a family-like environment and I'm thankful that you guys do that and I, I tell you why why as a mother of a college student myself I remember not confusing, but it can get overwhelming at times. There is so much information. There is so many things, like you mentioned, resources. I mean, what are the things that are available to the high school students? As it is middle and high school, I'm sure you guys are no strangers to the challenges of middle and high school students. Mm -hmm. So on top of that, they have to make big decisions as the one of, okay, so what am I going to do after high school, right? I mean, do I want to take a year? Do I want to go straight to college? Do I want to go out of state? Do I want to stay here? Uh, thank you so much for preparing the students for doing that. Now, so you, you are here in Miami for how many years now? Uh, we opened our doors in 2014. Mm -hmm. Wow, so pretty, pretty new. I love it. And uh, you mentioned the address. Now, for our community that is listening to both of you, what is the message for our listeners? What do you want them to know about the Seed School? Well, if I had to, this is something, we are the first and only college public boarding school in the state of Florida. So the, the students in South Florida are, are extremely lucky to have a school like this readily available to them. There is an application process. We are a district managed charter school. But to know that they are able to get the college prep boarding experience tuition free, that is not seen. So of to be course. able to stay on campus from Sunday to the Friday to the, have the 24 hours of college preparation, 6th through 12th grade, and not have to pay for it um, is pretty impressive and it's pretty you know, it's innovative here so in the So this state is of very Florida. interesting. Let me see if I understand this correctly. So the students live with you guys? Mm -hmm. No way! Yep. That is the <laughs> they, concept. Yep. We are the only tuition free boarding school 
in South Florida. Oh my goodness. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, this is really interesting. So tell me about the parents. I mean, how do they react to this experience? Well, of course, uh, because we get our students as early as sixth grade, the initial hurdle is always like, wait a minute, my baby's only 11. Yes. Like, what do you mean they're going to stay away you from me? You mentioned 10, mm-hmm. yeah, being as, the youngest. As, as young as 10. <laughs> uh, so that's always a hurdle. But once the families kind of come in and take a tour and they realize the amount of support, even though we're college prep, the students are never unsupervised. They're supervised 24 hours throughout the day. When they're in school, it's like a regular school component. Of course. They're going to be with their teachers and professors and administrators. But where it changes a little bit is in the afternoon programming. So even in the afternoon, they're going to be with what we call student life counselors who are with them throughout the day. At night, they're, they're going to be with their overnight resident advisors who are doing routine check-ins on dorms to make sure that everybody's in place and safe. So one of the biggest challenges is always that idea of the student being away from home. But the good thing that we offer is we have an open campus. So families are always invited to come out. Welcome we have family nights, right. we have game nights, we have shadowing opportunities. So if a family member wants to come out and basically spend the day with the student, they have that opportunity to do so. Wow, now I have to ask, what happens during the week when a child wants to go to the movies with friends? What do you guys do? What happens then? Well, at the beginning when we're enrolling our students, it really is a conversation about the commitment to our school and what they're trying to accomplish while with us. Um, And a lot of the relationships they have are so strong on campus because they spend so much time together. So their friends are really on, right? right. Um, They're with each other during the day and in the afternoon. So the friendships they're building, which is pretty magical, um, become very close. You have that kind of sibling-like arguments every once in a while, right? I love it. But it really is a nice dynamic. And so we try to keep them as engaged as possible during the week, um, offering off-campus activities and exposure exposure activities. But it really is a commitment from our families and our students in terms of preparing for college, and the students understand that. And this is for for both boys and girls. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so middle through high school, college prep, the seat school. How do they find you? Website, social media, tell us everything. So you can definitely find us at www.miami.seedschool.org. That is our main website. There's lots of information there as far as who we are and what we're doing. Uh, if you're, if you happen to have a student who may be interested and you would like to set up maybe a home visit or a campus tour, you can always reach out to me directly. Again, my name is Eric Lewis. I'm the director of admissions, and that could be done at seven eight six. Two three nine five nine three one. Now, if you're driving, if you're busy, if you couldn't get down uh, Eric's number or the website, call me here at the mission. I have all of the information. Uh, I have a way to contact Eric, a way to contact Luna. Uh, I know you told me off the air. I don't want to run out of time. You are hiring, yep, so you're hiring. looking for new hires, and you are also still have spaces for new students. Thank yes. you so much for everything you're doing. I love the concept. The Seat School of Miami. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You know, at this time, we just love interviewing people about what they're doing in the community. And uh, we always have such wonderful guests. And I have with me someone today who is not a stranger. 
uh, to the Miami Rescue Mission, and that is Rob Collins. And he works with Hope Inc. I'm not going to steal any of your thunder because you're going to tell exactly uh, what you do. So thank you, Rob, for being here today. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Go ahead and tell us what Hope Inc. does. So we fight discrimination in housing. We go out and we tell people about their rights. And then if someone thinks that they are facing discrimination, they can call us. I'm a lawyer. We help them out. Everything we do is free. And we cover all of Miami-Dade and Broward counties. Now, you do have a website. Let's give that since we're on the radio. We're at HopeFHC.com. That's Hope. FairHousingCenter.com, HopeFHC.com. That's great. So Hope, yeah, that's easy to remember. Then F-H-C, which means Fair Housing Center. Center. Okay. So that's HopeFHC.com. Yes. So you're a lawyer. Yes. And uh, this is part of your way of giving back. I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity, actually, yeah. I um, uh, Actually, as a law student at the University of Miami, that's how I met Miami Rescue Mission. I uh, volunteered with a, I brought a, a group of students. We were just looking for somewhere to give back, and um, we came to Miami Res- Rescue Mission for two years, and then I got this job, and uh, thanks to a lot of wonderful partners at the mission, uh, I was able to continue working with Miami Rescue Mission in this way as well. Well, every year um, in Christmas in July, we call it, we actually have a career fair and also have other organizations that come alongside of that to give out very pertinent information. Um, And you kind of help with that barrier of saying, hey, listen, if you are looking for housing, uh, of course, we want safe and affordable housing, but we want less barriers in getting that. And so you have also helped us. Uh, during Christmas in July, being here many years, we were doing it outside on the street, now inside, and it seems like we even have more people that are going through uh, meeting the different uh, ones that maybe can help with jobs or, like you, can help with housing. Yeah, and um, we, we were, you and I were talking off air earlier that uh, there's a lot of housing providers who don't know the law, and they may not know that they're discriminating, or they know that they are, but they don't know what the extent yeah, exactly and then there's certainly a lot of consumers a lot of housing seekers who may not know their rights oh i can you you can't say no children to me you can't say no section 8 to me i didn't know that and so a lot of housing seekers mm-hmm. don't realize the rights that they have the protections that they have because certainly as you were saying as hard as it is to find housing uh, just finding a, a place you like, a place you can afford. Now you've got another barrier on top of that, uh, denying you this opportunity. That's That's got to be very disheartening. So we're definitely here to tell people about their rights and give them a place where they can go if they think they're facing discrimination. Well, that's amazing. Now I know that you, since you're giving this of your, of your own time and talent, um, but you also have uh, you work as a lawyer and being paid for that. So mm-hmm. what else? What other kind of law do you do? Um, I also help out uh, uh, at another organization that represents at Christmas in July Legal Services of Greater Miami. I volunteer there at their small claims clinic. I volunteer with the county. The county has a, uh, a Miami Dade County has a, a program called Teen Court for youth who get arrested, and they can avoid they can go through this program and avoid having it on their record. They go through a, a court case. Uh, so I try to volunteer some other places, too. Well, that is amazing. Rob Collins, and you are the Education and Outreach Coordinator with Hope, uh, Inc., and it's all about, uh, you know, 
breaking down the barriers of discrimination and housing and if anybody is interested to know more you can go to hope f like frank h c dot com and they can find how they can reach out to you well i want to give you a just a shout out for doing what you do i know you have a very talented daughter as well that is actually <laughs> sang at our christmas in july she's only i think she did it um at starting at three years of age and now four years of age uh, why, what a talented daughter. So you <laughs> are you. just a well-rounded daddy. No, thanks very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we appreciate you, Rob. Well, thank you very much for being on the program. We'll definitely have you back to talk a little bit more about housing and not having that barrier of discrimination. God bless you, Rob. Thanks very much, you too. Well, I love this part of the program because this is where we interview people who are going through life change. I'm Marilyn Brummett, and I have with me today David. So first off, thank you, David, for coming to share your story. Thank you for having me. Well, David, let's go back in time, uh, maybe to your childhood, and let's talk about maybe your upbringing and uh, actually what your life was like. Um, basically, I pretty much had a good life. It was just me and my two sisters was raised by my mom. I had a father, but he never really was there. I got uh, nine brothers and five sisters all together from him. And uh, my mom never drank, but my dad was an alcoholic. And uh, I started hanging out with the wrong crew, so my mom moved from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, and things just start escalating. So she finally said that... Uh, I'm just going to get you out of the city. So we moved to another part of the city, and then we just started a new life from there. And Did that help? Uh, yeah, it started helping, but I was always a school guy, but I hung out with the wrong people. I was one of those dudes that uh, I stayed in a good neighborhood, but I went over to the, to the wrong side, and I started trouble in their neighborhood and ran back to my side. And, so it sounds like you were pos- possibly a good student, but you just had this little rebellious streak. Is that is that safe to say that? Yeah, but at the same time, too, my mom uh, always wanted the best for me. And mm-hmm. I just never really had a father, and I was looking for a father figure by mm-hmm. hanging out with the wrong crowd. So right. that's pretty much what happened. So it was it was the peer pressure. Yes. Yeah. So now, did you actually finish school or not? Uh, actually, I dropped out of high school in 11th grade, started doing the wrong thing again. I went to prison. I did like a six, a year and a half uh, year being. I got out of there. I got my GED while I was there. Oh, that's good. Uh, and ever since I've been out of there, I've been straight and narrow trying to do the right thing. Okay, so what actually led you then to the mission? Um, my mom got sick after that, and I started seeing her deteriorate, and I never really had anyone to help me. So I started using drugs. Mm. First I started with alcohol, then the weed, then the cocaine then it just escalated you think that was depression seeing your mom sick and all that yeah because i didn't have anyone to help me it was just me and my two sisters you know so i had a friend named roger who worked at the uh, outreach center in uh hollywood and he said you can come here and when i finally came there i liked it did you go to the broward center there yeah that's why i first saw you at miss bro okay So, um, so the Broward Center was your first uh, entry, and then you decided you wanted more and came to the Miami campus for the discipleship program? I, um, I got into a car accident, mm. and uh, 
the guy that was running the place, Mr. Cotton, uh, he said, Dave, you need long-term treatment. You need to go try to get yourself some help. We made it into a joke, but it was actually the best thing I could have ever did in my entire life for me. Wow. Wow. So what do you feel as you have been part now of what we call the Discipleship or Regeneration Program here at the Mission? I think it's a great opportunity for anyone who wants to get their life straight if you're just going to go there and do the right thing and just try to apply the principles that they've laid down for you. I think it's a great thing. So you're in the education department also. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> a little struggle there? Uh, a little bit, you know. But, but you already have your GED, so you just need to brush up on computer skills and other things, right? Yeah, my case manager stayed on me a lot, Mr. Mm-hmm. Cooper. Dave, you need to go to school, man. It's for your benefit. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I'll do it. That's right. Yes, that's right. I'm going to agree with your case manager. Schooling is very important, and the education center here at the Mission is amazing, and you can get the computer literacy and all the other things that you need for job skills. David, what is your aspiration? What do you want to do? To go back and help those that help me. Amen. So um, you may eventually be a counselor. You know, you can go back to school, but once again, you got to get your addiction studies and and go back to get all that certification. We're not going to end right here, David. There is more to your story. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're just going to take a short break, and we'll be back with David in just a moment. Well, we have David with us, and he is telling his story. And, you know, sometimes stories start out one way, and you think, oh, they're smooth sailing. And then, um, you know, that rug keeps getting, um, you know, brought from underneath you maybe time and time again. So you had said you came into the Broward Outreach Center. You actually graduated the program. Uh, you were actually actually working a little bit with uh, staff there at the, at the center. And then you had a car accident. David, what happened? Uh, I got into a car accident. Uh, I ended up. Uh, having to go go to Mr. Cotton and tell him I had relapsed. And he was like, why did you relapse? He said, I got a place for you that you can go if you want to get your life right. He said, you willing to do it? I said, yes, sir. So he sent me to uh, Miami. When I first got to Miami. So see, so the listeners understand we have two campuses. We have our Broward campus and we have our Miami campus. The Miami campus is more goal-oriented where the Broward campus is more time. You get through the program, you graduate, but with the Miami campus, it's more discipleship-based, and it's more goals that you reach different levels so that you get stronger. So he recommended that you come to the Miami campus. Yes, and while I was at the uh, Miami campus, I got the operation done on my neck. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in so much pain, I relapsed again. So I kept relapsing, relapsing, relapsing until one day I tried to sneak back in on campus and my case manager called me. He was like, Dave, come to the front. And I lied. And only thing I had to do was just tell him the truth and they would have let me stay. So he held me accountable for that. So I left. I went to West Palm Beach, that's where I'm from. I did uh, 10 months of physical therapy. Mm. And then after I pretty much got myself back uh, in, in shape, I came back to Miami. And they welcomed me with open arms, man. I can only thing I can say about that place, man, for me, I love it. Wow. So God's really working in your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just do what I'm supposed to do and be where I'm supposed to be at all times. Wow. So you are a candidate for the upper phase, uh, the alpha phase of the regeneration program. Yes, ma'am. 
And uh, for anybody just listening, maybe for the first time, that phase is a 17-week intense uh, program. You go to school basically four hours a day. Um, you don't play during uh, Alpha. You you even dress differently on campus. You're mm-hmm. held to a higher standard. And you're helping more people that are just now coming into the program. You're really part of the ministry. Well, I just try to tell the truth, man. I hope my story just uh, helps someone else out there that's listening. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I'm going to ask the listening audience, would you pray for David, please, and pray for all the other men and women that come through these doors. We have women uh, programs as well. Sometimes it's a little harder for them to tell the story. Once in a while, we have the women tell their story. Um, But we appreciate the men who do have the, I will just say the guts, uh, to come on the show and actually just share your story. So, David, even though failure was there several times, you still had redemption. I'm always keep getting up. My case manager says, man, if you fall, you just got to keep getting up. Amen. Amen. So is that your plea to maybe someone who's listening right now to tell them that they need to get back up? Just come to the Miami Rescue Mission if you need help. They're there to help you. And uh, if it's not the mission that needs to help, but you just need to get back up, God does have a plan for you. There is help and there is hope. Well, you can always visit us at caringplace.org. And David, once again, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your time. Well, I hope that you listen to the testimony of David. You know, each one of these testimonies is a real story, a real person, something that they've gone through. And it's hard for them to actually tell the story. But I also find that it's good for them also to just kind of tell it, Mm -hmm. you know, get it out of their system. Absolutely. This is what happened to me. It helps them tremendously. And and, and they tell me all the time. And David is one example of uh, having gone through so much and having find us and and finding that hope again that I can do this and I can do better. Yeah, the mission, you know, has helped thousands and hundreds of men, women, children. Uh, The mission even has a program, after-school program for at-risk children. It's developed now, um, has spun off its actual school, Care Elementary, the clinic here. So the mission over the years has grown. But, you know, with growth, there's always a need. Yes. Uh, You need those community partners that are going to help. And so... Uh, we need help with Pack the Pantry. Correct. And non-perishable items. We need the collection of food, uh, non-perishable food items. We also need participants to the, for the Thanksgiving event. Uh, we can use your donations to sponsor meals. I mean, we would love to give you a tour, tell you all about what we're doing. If you can come on Thanksgiving Day, if you can come the week before, whenever you're available, we are here to show you what we're doing. And the Pack the Pantry, one of the... It's one of the easiest campaigns to do. I mean, even going through our own pantry at home. I mean, I can go now and find at least 10 cans that I'll I'll never get to those. And I can donate them to a better, you know, instead now, of just waiting. don't give those ones that are so out of date that no. we have to end up throwing them away. <laughs> they have to be yes. still good to eat. Yes. Sometimes we don't realize and we forget to check the expiration date. And we are so thankful, but we would be even more thankful if yes. they were not expired. Right, right. <laughs> so we do need your help. You can go to the website caringplace.org slash pantry if you fill out the information we're going to get back to you and give you uh brown paper bags and they say help uh help pack the pantry yes and we'll give you flyers of the items that we're looking for and so you can do it as a group 
And, and it is fun to do. We'll either come and pick that up if you have a lot. And if you have a smaller amount, we'll give you those drop-off sites where you can bring it. Now, on Thanksgiving Day, we, we call it the Thanksgiving Day Servathon. It's actually the Great Thanksgiving Day Banquet. But the participants that come help serve that day, yes. uh, we call them participants because we do ask, Leanne, that our participants give at least $25 donation to help with the food. But you're going to have an amazing time. You'll be done by uh, 1230, 1 o'clock. You can be out <laughs> and you can be going home and doing your own dinner. So it yeah. doesn't take your whole Thanksgiving day. Uh, but we love our participants. They also have gone out prior. So you need to let us know now because we cut this off. Uh, well, soon. Yeah, very soon. Because uh, we, sometimes we have to turn people away because yes. we have too many. Yes. But we want you to be there. We want you to serve the homeless, the hungry. It does change you as you do it as well. And then we ask you to go out and ask friends and neighbors. Say, will you uh, sponsor uh, what I'm doing that day? We have a little contest of raising money, you know, just to make it fun. Yes. And it's not about the prize. It's about the fun and knowing that you're being part of the solution. Well, you can help with Pack the Pantry. Uh, or you can be um, on the Thanksgiving Day Servathon teams. We have them in Broward and Miami. It's out on the street, so be prepared. I never know what the weather's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully it can nice. be hot. It can be cold. <laughs> it can be just right. It can, we could have rain, not rain. Um, but most of the time, we do not have rain. No, I mean, we pray and pray, and, and we make sure, and, and it's beautiful events. Well, thank you for listening to Mission Possible. We look forward to talking to you. Leanne wants to talk to you. I want to talk to you so go to caringplace.org and thank you for listening to mission possible the good news program this podcast was presented by the miami rescue mission broward outreach centers also known as the caring place www.caringplace.org what's it like to drive the volvo xc90 plug-in hybrid the thrill of a 400 horsepower t8 twin engine The joy of impromptu road trips and the serenity of electric power in pure eco mode. Visit a DMV Volvo retailer today to experience the XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid for yourself.